of the SVS Fishing Fly Fishing Podcast. On this week's show, in about 35 minutes, we'll be talking to Brian from Mad River Outfitters. Uh, that should be a good segment coming up here. That's, this is Jason going in on his, on his new no balls voice. Ah, ah. Life's changed for me now. <laughs> Mark, uh, we have some upcoming guests as well. He got a, he got a little, uh, what are the, what's that, like asterisks over his, the N on his name now. <laughs> Jason. Jason with a whatever that is funny thing at the end. <laughs> yeah, we got a handful lined up. Uh, we got Mark Hieronymus next week, week after Max Meyer. We've got up in Wisconsin, Alaska, and Monster Mash just finished up last uh, yesterday or day before. And so we'll have Mike McNaught on to be talking about that and going over how the tournament went. Outside of that, it's full blown fall here, and we're gonna take a moment to thank our sponsors for. Getting us the stuff we need and the, keeping the passion the same as us. So, brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Check those guys out. Awesome stuff. Nick Mayer Art also right there. You can find them all at the dot coms and things like that. But uh, real good people. They're always out making making it look fun, he making me want to do it. I saw he had some other artwork. <clears throat> Just gonna say he's been putting a lot of stuff up lately. There's some. That uh, octopus, all kinds of different things. Really neat to read stuff. There was a new uh, one I saw. It was a muskie coming up to hit a fly. Mm-hmm. I think somebody that was else, something about a women's had, collection. Yeah, and it was somebody else had drawn it. It was a, a woman who had drawn it. I'm not oh, sure the okay. name. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I thought it was just women's apparel. But, uh, yeah, it looks It was a piece of artwork from looks her. Looks nice, yeah, nonetheless. Yeah, awesome. N- neat picture. Yeah. I know you guys would wear it because it got a muskie on it. I don't care if Heck it's yeah. girls or not. <laughs> Me perfect. Who else we got? We got Sims. Check those guys out. Sims Fishing. And, uh... Yeti, also toughest built coolers and accessories, and go get everything you could think of. Keep your drinks hot or cold. They work great. Eric's and hooks. Eric's hooks, yeah. Keep them buttoned. Hopefully, still, still lose a few. That's life. Those check them genetics. out, and check out Mark Burns at this little fly company got going on. Urban Fly Company. Yeah, grab some feathers there, or some some. Smallmouth bugs to get ready for next year. I'm sure he'll be bored this winter because it's going to set in fast. Musky season now. Get your musky flies. Time's right. It was 52 yesterday in the water time, so prime fishing for him right now. This morning I woke up. It was probably 56 degrees. It was beautiful. I, our weather has been all over the place, but it's had that huge front come through. I looked at the radar yesterday. I was like, let me check this, see if I'm going hunting, and radar said no. Uh... It was storms from, like, Chicago was getting pounded. The whole great, you know, the, all, all the Great Lakes were getting, like, this wave of rain come up from Florida. 
so that cool air or warm air was behind it. It was beautiful this morning, and they were calling for 20 to 30 mile per hour winds, which we just we were getting beat by some winds yesterday during the rainstorm. And I was like, am I going hunting? Am I going fishing? Did we get enough rain for, you know, a, a bump in flows up there, steelhead fishing? Or is it you know, not worth the drive? So I was looking, reading the charts when I got up. Elk took a good bump, but who knows, I could have been brown because it was a, immediately that rain coming in off of last night. I didn't want to show up there and it'd be a zoo and not really good. And Connie, I didn't really get the water. There was some, I think rocky chagrin got you know a push chagrin's a little different than conio conio it's probably get gonna get the water maybe today from it always rain. shows up a little later Lake. conio yeah, yeah it's, it's such a big river it's weird but that since it was still under 100 cfs i was like nope going hunting and it was beautiful dude i was up there early saw a few deer had this deer actually coming and i'd seen it was a buck i was pre- preparing getting ready and deer i think just stopped and i seen another deer so i'm watching it and it walked around a little bit and i lost that first deer i'm like man where'd it go and then i seen two deer exit so i thought it was um deer and didn't really have a good look at him didn't didn't see what the, the head rack was but one side looked a little funny so throughout the time i'm playing on facebook and whatever us hunters do now uh, <laughs> kind of seems like that's that always happens to me i just jump on the phone i find myself picking my eyes up and i can't see yet because I'm adjusting, you know, look around and there's a deer or something. So had a little buck come in, like a seven point ended up right under me. I definitely could have took him, but not, not a bigger deer. It's probably 115, 120 pounds. But, uh, so he goes off. He knew the, you know, what was up. He come in downwind, got right under me and he didn't blow on me or nothing. He was just a little wary. So he went up through the woods. I gave him a little snort wheeze and it, that got him a little trotting. Well, when that happened, I sat back down, hung my bow up immediately look over and there's another buck right there i'm like oh man he must have seen that deer but i'm pretty sure it was the same deer that i seen this morning bedded up 35 from me and once he seen that other deer he's like oh you're up in my property he went and kind of followed him for a moment walked off i was like oh that encounter's over sit back down look up here he comes right back took a eh, not a hell mary shot but a little bit of a further shot and it was so it was windy out there dude them trees were blowing and I, you know, I had the time to think about the shot. I was drew on him. The deer was stopped. And with that wind, I tried to, you know, calm myself, wait for that perfect, you know, that, that moment of, of euphoria where everything lined up and I touched off on the trigger. It felt good. Deer went vertical, man, straight in the air, bucked hard. I don't know, ran 20 yards, stood there. I, I grazed him like on the leg. No doubt there was blood over there and he wasn't hurt though. He sat there, licked the, licked the blood up for a while, but not a bad looking deer. I didn't get the goodest look at him, but he was out around his ears and looked pretty high. So then I took a kid up there, showed him how to follow a little bit of blood. Didn't want to not follow up on it. If you know, I've seen weirder stuff happen, could have hit him in the... How far did he bleed out for? Oh, he, he bled probably 75 yards, but... <laughs> the funniest thing, I was like, well, I better go over there and try to shoot him. I tried to crawl down the tree on him. I got like halfway over there. He looked at me and trotted off healthy, really healthy. I was like, oh, okay. But I took a kid up there, showed him some blood, and we rattled once and told him, use them young eyes, man, because mine are burnt. <laughs> <laughs> so the deer bedded up and, you know, stopped bleeding right there. He's going to be good to go another day. I'm, I'm still after his ass. He's on hit list, so. If he comes back by, I'll I'll know it's him and he'll get a a second dose.
Did you get up for steelhead at all this week? No, I, I didn't fish, period, man. I didn't do much. I worked a little bit, and it's been nice weather. Did a little raking leaves. Holy cow. Try to keep up on it, I guess, because within this week, the trees around my house like went from almost having all of their leaves to now having minimal, like just a couple hanging on. So We had a real heavy, like I even noticed the last two days, three days, because there fall? Be a real heavy rain, and then that, oh, that, rain, that wind, it. we had that wind right after, and it was gone yeah the other day it, it was nice out and the breeze kicked one time and it was like turning the shower on in the woods dude it was nothing but a parade of leaves i'm like oh, man even on a lake yesterday it was tough because a lot of the areas oh. even out 40 45 yards off the bank were still i mean there's a lot of leaves on them half the time you're slapping your fly down and you're catching them going through and it's a pain so I mean, that's gonna be few weeks of well, that. that's even get a leaf hatch out of the way that's yeah. we, that's way worse on rivers because you hit like a back eddy or something and try to get it in there it's full of leaves the whole top of it you know yeah uh no doubt though fall is full swing probably probably i'd say we're we're definitely full colors but we're getting past peak for leaves even being on the tree due to having a couple cold days and but it's yeah. been beautiful so we'll take it for now another rain and a wind are gonna be mostly blown off here not too long yeah, get the moak uh, the moak leaves like to hang around for a little while, extra long, but forever. Yeah, the no, maples, the maples are, all, are all done. You can see the oak starting to turn a little bit now, though. That uh, looks nice, pretty, pretty in some spots. I guess though, earlier in the week when they were all up, but the last two days they really come down. My parents went up to uh, up to Muskie Camp uh, Friday night. They said it was a real nice drive up because they got out of town a little early. So they're up. They got to drive through the whole thing, and she nice. said she said if the sun would have been out, it'd been a little better to see. But at least they got to catch them before they all came down. Yeah, it'd been nice even, in the mountains. Even yeah. anywhere along the lakeshore right now, with it holding holding that little bit warmer temp, that's probably where the leaves are leaves are still tight on the trees a little bit. That's when I was last time I was up calling out. They didn't they didn't have the color and stuff that we did. So I'm sure, it's gonna be beautiful if you want to go bird watching or whatever whatever other people who don't fly fish do. Well, you get them on the you know bottom of the creek too for a while, and if they don't get blown out real bad, they'll stain up the water and make it a little oh, more just, panic. And I just stopped down the little trickle here at the local park, and it had that color to it, but it looked good. Made me <laughs> made me think like, oh, that is like a, it looks like one of those steelhead streams of guys in PA fish, about eight feet wide. And every time I see a picture and they're turned, and I'm like, is that the other side behind you? And there's just like a little bit of water, and they're the, just the tip of their wading boots in the in the water. That's the deepest spot. A couple in Ohio right by that creek that are like that that are good, though. What's, uh... Oh, even them side trickles? I, yeah, mm-hmm. people, people try to go get them. I'm like, I never fished in there. I guess I, you, I have seen fish, but... There, there are some small, like that uh, one bird-watching place. Pretty small, mm-hmm. smaller creek. Mm-hmm. I've never been there, though, so... The other one a little bit further east, too, is a good one. Cowls. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a small one too. But the the big river got plenty of side rivers and even Rocky has a branch of mm-hmm. plenty of we got the water for them. Actually I seen a <clears throat> post the other day, this kid he posted of a fishy caught he always he's fishing in Florida all the time. He used to live in Ohio, but he had like a Cuyahoga River steelhead and this thing was a beast. I'm talking I think he caught it on like a big white twister or something, but he said it was twenty two miles inland. Like you know, land miles inland, but that's more than the river miles, right? You know, or river miles would be more than land miles. Like that's 
It's a long way. Yeah, for early in the season on a river where so many of Steelhead people don't think they're there, you know, or not not numbers anyway. So 20 miles up, every river now is polluted with people in Steelhead. They say you can run 8, 10 miles in a day? Oh, I know that they could push past our favorite spots in one night. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's why there's been days where I'm like, where are they at? Nobody's touching them. Where are they at? Yeah. Water was high just long enough to get them the hell out of there. They don't know where they're at. I, I, I swear by people like uh, always fishing the same holes, which I do too, but those fish don't know where they're at and really don't care. Mm-mm. Speaking of favorite spots, I took a uh, buddy of mine, Chris, up, tried to get him his first muskie. And it's the same thing like you're saying, just disappear all of a sudden. It's been hot. Knew you were coming again. Knew you wanted to show somebody some fun. I mean, the lake shifted back up, so there's a couple foot of difference there. So I kind of worked the same depth and back up into the shallower side and kind of worked with the depth of sea and mark fish and then up into the one area, saw fish in there. Later in the day, there were some smaller ones and busting bait fish, but I mean, we knew we were over them. Just could not get them to turn on. Put it all day. One little fish right off the bank, maybe had it on for three, four seconds, got a couple head shakes, head pop, hook pop. I don't know, it's just nothing. Was that the same day that, that Raz got that, that bigger fish we were talking yeah, about? Yeah, Raz got one. Raz got a 42. Yeah, same day. Hmm. They're yeah. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, right fish, right musky, time. Yeah. They're missing something. It's like, well, I could have been right. I mean, I tried a few different sections, worked around different areas, and tried different depth, different speeds, different colors, everything, and just couldn't get them to go. Not whatsoever. Not like the last couple of trips up. So they gave us two good ones, so it was due. Yeah. But, just... Well, I'll tell you what. It's like, uh, I don't know. I can't say wasting my time trout fishing is fun, but when they're not biting, what do you what do you do? How do you you go in there? You did it one way, and now it's you're talking about that tight water, right? Where you fished? No. Or are you talking about going no, on, we're a on a lake. boat? Yeah, I'm on a boat. That's hard when you you know they're there and you're just not doing it. Yeah, you? that's just. I mean, it's not like you get much response. You put that right? red and white on and that black on, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tried that a lot. Tried some off-the-wall colors, too. Went with some smaller stuff, bigger stuff, back and forth. And That's why I like shore fishing, because I go the hell home when they don't bite in 10 minutes. Getting out of here. Never stuck them out, but tell you what, I caught every piece of crap that could have been in there. Got a big, huge chunk of sheet metal. Heard you guys had a fly tie night. Yeah, we did have a fly tie night. You know what I said on Thursday? Oh, they're having fly tie night tomorrow. You know what I said on Friday? Nothing, because I forgot it. Jay, yeah, you, can, you weren't there I'm, either. I'm pretty quick to forget some stuff. No, I was I was in and out of consciousness on my couch with an ice pack on my Polish sausage. So, yeah, they're on ice. Coming along, though? Eh, it feels better today, a little bit. You going back to work tomorrow? Wish they would have fixed your face. there wasn't anything good didn't have anything for that you could have put the balls right on your face and it would have been better for me to look at I guess it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be you know when you're going in there you're pretty nervous I mean nobody wants somebody snipping down around there so bro you don't know wasn't that bad I I don't go nowhere nervous man only to the 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 drug test place (laughs) You going back to work tomorrow? Yeah, I'll be back to work. Light duty. 
but pretty much I know we got a what we're sanding and painting, so it'll be a couple of days of me getting the sand and paint and do some lighter stuff, so that'd be nice. You ever going to fish again? I don't think so. No, no. Doesn't feel right. No. <laughs> Doesn't I just don't feel manly enough to uh, can't feel his boots anymore? No, I still I just like I just pussed around the house this week and I did get a little bit of stuff done, uh, just fixing up a door, making it look nicer. So banged a door. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> you got to turn my mic down a little bit, man, because I'm I'm gonna grill you here a little bit. We'll turn it down. Yeah, it was the whole way up. Banged a door, man. That's what he did. Yeah, that's uh. Big decision for you, Jason. Congratulations. Yeah, it's whatever. It's it's cool, man. I'm cool with it. Ah. Give it a few days and they feel better, and I'll be really cool with it. <laughs> Can we kick you in the nuts? No, that's. I heard there were a lot of white deaths tied at the. Uh, There's a lot of white deaths. I heard Chad and PJ were machining them out. Plate of them. <clears throat> Sweet. That means there'll be a lot of sitting on the bank when I need them. Yeah, there's a pile of them. Um, and Michael's tying. He's been doing, started back uh, last year, tying nights, tying a little bit. So he did a couple, after a couple together. And you know, a lot of people with a lot of kind of situations going on, too. So yeah. made for a rough weekend for it. Uh, for fly tires, which are fly fishermen, are just like most half of them probably hunt archery, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hard to break away. And then, would you say Friday? See, that blows right now. you got football going on. You know what I mean? you got people in the community where teams are still going and going to be for a couple of weeks. So, mm-hmm. who knows? You know, just keep it just keep it running for, you know, you're on out through the wintertime and, you know. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, last year kind of kept building through the year and getting a little bit bigger. But it's like that. We had a couple people at football games. You need to have a flash tie somewhere at like a laundromat or something. We'll go in there and get lit. Just a couple pizzas. Man. Bro, you don't know about the laundromat. When you're out on a fishing trip and you ain't buying a hotel, the clothes are wet, that place is the place to go. Throw them clothes in there, get your food before you get there, or order a pizza too. Stay nice and warm for a little bit. Watch even some free TV. I've done it in New York, dude. I've been at the laundromat. Speaking of that, I got a, I got to book our couple rooms for that trip as well. I find think PJ you, brought you a that local up. Laundromat. He brought that up for Hey, Chad, did uh, Jay booked hotel yet? No, I'm doing it. I'm supposed to do it today. Didn't do it today. Probably do it tomorrow. Eh, forget tomorrow. Too. Nah, nah. I might even go home and do it after this. Who knows? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we stayed at, dude, the hotel was right there, and they were really nice last year. We got rained on like crazy. We got, brought our stuff back. They actually let us use their, their dryers and washers to. That, you know, they use for all the linens to dry our stuff, and it was awesome, dude. Oh, yeah, I used to just, <clears throat> I would stay right at the, I don't know, I guess right near the falls attraction, but that's only a whole 10 minute, you know, you grab your, you got your coffee and all that stuff. That's what's nice about having a hotel. You got your coffee, you get ready to go, you took care of a little bit, you get your get your hard sleep in in a shower, but I've been to some shitty hotels, so glad I've had to go through that to find where some couple good ones were. <laughs> yeah, this one was real nice. I mean, not real nice, but, I mean, clean and <laughs> what we needed, at least, you know, and it's right there. Like, you could get ready in, you know, in the room and literally get in your car and drive yeah, about. Yeah, the water right there. Yeah. Five feet, not even enough to warm your car up. So, nice and close. Nice. 
outside of uh, that happening, I see the Laker pictures are starting to show up. So yeah, friends are there. Yeah, I've seen them. Some but Cat had a good push of water. They've been keeping water, I guess, for a little bit now. So I'm sure guys are starting to slam that pretty good. I love, dude. I, I don't know. I well, you probably might have seen the picture. Buddy R sent a, a big pig brown. I don't know what stream it came out of, but real solid eerie brown. I'll take one of those. I've only got a few under my belt. <laughs> but they, didn't your dad get an eerie brown the one time you were up there? You guys went and explored some different area? Yeah. Yeah, that he got a nice one. Nice football. What was that it that was? Eerie, yeah. but yeah. eerie side. Yeah, that was eerie. Yep, eerie brown. I even seen uh, some people post pictures of, like, starting to people pound on them bass out there when it gets cold, but the Lakers are showing up here or, like, you know, eerie. And last year some of my friends caught him off of Conneaut, so... I think we're a little bit behind yet, just temperature-wise, still on the lake on that front, you know, up there. So it's going to heat up. It's going to be better just be later. Part of life, huh? That was a five degree a couple weeks ago. It was like they said it was five degrees behind cooling down, so above what it should have been. So you, yeah. think, you think all the weather like this, you think it's really pushing them bucks into even oh, if yeah. we talked last? Yeah, something something changed ago. that time, but I don't. It's not on yet, you know. What I mean, that ain't it ain't like flying around deer going nuts yet. But we're Heads down. we're coming in. I don't. It's I don't know. We're close to Halloween. People people earmark that day as a successful like rut action day, but I don't know. I haven't seen deer. Seems like the you bucks know, are still packed up too. Yeah, I haven't seen no like does flying around with. Bucks fucking hot and heavy behind him. I haven't seen that yet, so and I I don't know. I just for the most part deer interaction and that's area to area. And I won't say the ruts, you know, gonna come in earlier in a year, but right there at uh what do we got? Thursday, huh? Thursday's Halloween, so every day after that I got like two chunks of days off coming up between like seventh and eighth and like third and fourth, which are they're probably some of the best days to even be in the woods. So if you got you know, you want to get sick one day, make it the 7th, the 8th, maybe the 11th, 3rd or 4th, all those 6th, 7th, them are all good days. I bang bucks on those days. Them are the days, man. If you if you need to get sick or you got those days, use them. It's going to be lit then. Oh, I yeah. hope. We hope. We hope. I'm using mine for musky. <clears throat> 9th through 13th. Next. Coming up here. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. You going somewhere special? home nope just fishing pester pestering them more than you would if when you had to work concert on wednesday and other than that nope just fishing yeah hopefully uh you get some because you had a rough day out there when was that yesterday yeah fished yep what early all day Uh, say wasn't wasn't too bad out early it was actually pretty nice no weather was fine i mean we had a little bit of wind off and on kind of held for periods and then go away. And then sun would come out for 20 minutes to go away. But temperature-wise, wasn't bad. wasn't as cool as it said it was going to be. Anything else you want to add there? There, Ohio State doing any anything on the front? Uh, oh, yeah. We're just, just whooping team team after team after team. Who they play? Wisconsin. Wisconsin Actually I a good so. team. So we'll see. Got Penn State coming up here in a couple of weeks. That'll, and then Michigan right behind them. So. We'll see what they're made of then. Are they no undefeated, right? And Minnesota's undefeated still, 8-0. They're going to probably oh, come out of the West. 
How's that pounded by the Niners? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've been tough. 34-13 to third. How about uh, all sports going on right now? Baseball still going on? Uh, just the end of hockey, it. Yeah, we're right baseball, at the end of hockey, it. Like I think every the World Series is on last night. Single sport is on right Isn't now. Isn't it on last yeah. night? Two two. No, I I, I I didn't watch it. I don't know. I haven't seen any of it. But uh, on that, hey, on that, we're gonna take a little break, and when we come back, we'll be talking with Brian from Mad River Outfitters in Columbus, Ohio. And we're back with Brian Fletchig, founder and owner of MRO. Mad River Outfitters in Columbus, Ohio. Hey, happy having you on, on the show. I'm glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time out for us. <clears throat> so how's how's uh crazy does it get down there for you in steelhead season, man? Oh, steelhead season is um it, it's kind of we love it, but when um when May first rolls around and we can start carp fishing and smallmouth fishing, it's kind of a relief. <laughs> um, st- steelhead season definitely keeps us hopping and keeps our guides uh, going, and we're always having to stay up on the water conditions and what have you. So it's um, as fun as it is, and as much as we we love it, yeah, it's it's a crazy time of year. It's always kind of a a relief <laughs> when it's finished and we can start fishing smallmouth and such. Um, we were talking just off air for a little bit, uh, you know, about how you got your starts in the fly fishing, and uh, you know how you moved your way into Ohio and, you know, ended up, well, we can get into how you started your business. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I started fishing. Uh, my dad, uh, was into fly fishing from the time he was a young man. And then my uncle who, uh, lived with my family for a few years, um, they were both really into it. And, uh, you know, I can remember, really young, I don't know, four five, six years old. My dad had an old uh, box full of fly tying materials. And I can remember always opening that up when I was a kid and just being fascinated by the fact that it was full of all these exotic feathers. And, and I remember a piece of moose uh, for moose hide being in there. And I was just fascinated by it. And it was Right about the time I was seven years old that I actually tied my first fly and then uh, went to a place in Missouri, which is where I grew up, St. Louis, Missouri, to a place called Bennett Springs and caught my first trout on a fly. And, uh, geez, I've been just doing it ever since, um, you know, and then wound up in, in Ohio when I, uh, I was 13, I believe. My dad got transferred or got a new job in, in Cincinnati, Ohio, and and then started working at a fly shop when I was 19 there in Cincinnati and then moved to Columbus to open Mad River Outfitters when I was 20, uh, 25. Well, so you've been doing this for quite a while then. Uh, I ran my first guide trip in 1989, and shortly after uh, that, they just put me to work in the shop. So, yeah, uh, I'm a few months away from being in the business for 30 years. So when you first started the fly shop, how was the fly scene in Columbus? Um, it was it was it was definitely there. Um, that's for sure. We did a fair amount of market research, and I was having worked at the shop in Cincinnati. I had a lot of folks from Columbus that would drive down from Columbus to shop with us in Cincinnati, and they were really <clears throat> complaining about the fact that Columbus was underserved in the world of fly fishing. But it was. Um, it was much different. I mean, we didn't really 
<clears throat> the community wasn't really aware of the steelhead fishing that we had and all the amazing opportunities. Like, for example, nobody back then fished for carp or knew of the great smallmouth fishing that we have or the musky fishing that we have and especially the the pike fishing that we do here in Ohio. That was something that we really had to kind of develop and build over the years, but it's really turned into being a, you know, I kind of joke around that Columbus, Ohio is the fly fishing capital of the United States. And I do about an hour long presentation on that. And it's obviously somewhat tongue in cheek, but if you really think about it and you draw a six hour radius around Columbus, there's really no place like it on planet earth. And the fact that I can be in Michigan, Pennsylvania, New York, Great Smoky Mountains, all within six hours, it really is kind of an epicenter, especially here in the east. Yeah, you could probably touch salt, maybe get real close <laughs> with, yeah, with I mean, six you hours, could be in Virginia, man. I mean, you know, we, it takes us six hours to get down to visit our good friend Blaine Chocolate. I mean, we can be in western Maryland. It's just... Um, really staggering the amount of opportunity that is within a six hour drive of Columbus, Ohio. And, uh, you know, it, it really is kind of an epicenter for Eastern fly fishing. So from the, you know, the time you started the fly shop, even to now, how has, how have you seen a lot of the changes and what are a lot of the changes and, you know, how has your company grown? Um, the changes, I, I think, although it's still, it's still a battle that we fight every day, um, you know, is the fact that fly fishing is still uh, kind of uh, thought of as a means of trout fishing. And, you know, we've really tried our best to overcome that over the years. And like I said, it's still a daily struggle, uh, but we're, re we're really getting there. Um, you know, mostly what I do in my life is saltwater fly fishing. I saltwater fish and then I spend some time each year down in Brazil in the Amazon uh, fishing for peacock bass. But I, I really only trout fish a small, small minority of the time um, and, and much prefer. Uh, I love redfish. I love bonefish. Uh, I'm going to Cuba in January chasing bonefish, tarpon and permit. And then, like I said, peacock bass. Um, I love largemouth bass fishing, and I do a lot of that around here, but the peacock bass is just a, you know, a largemouth bass on steroids, um, and so have really fallen in love with that, and that's become a, a huge part of our business. Um, you know, fly fishing has changed in a lot of ways. I, I mean, it, it used to be, uh, even back 25 years ago when we started Matter for Outfitters, or 30 years ago when I started the business, it was still kind of that um, sport of kings and, um, you know, it's only old, Upper epsilon, rich all the rich people still, yeah, still stinks. Old, old rich guys. <laughs> stinks with and, by and, like money. Yeah, and, and I think I think now you're, we're really starting to see that trend open up to where I think people are realizing that you don't have to be rich. You don't necessarily have to be smart. You don't have to have a $900 rod to get out there and, and get after it. You can just go catch bluegill on a fly rod and have a, have a blast with it. Um, you know, the, there's been changes in the equipment. Goodness gracious. I mean, the, the stuff that's available to us now, of course, changes in the world of fly tying. That's one of the biggest 
places that there's been changes um, and, and the things that we're using and the flies that we're tying these days. And then, of course, on the business side of things, uh, back when we first started, we just had a shop. And then, of course, you had to add a website. And then a few years later, the shop all day and now it seems like we're more almost more google analysts than we You know, there's been plenty of fly-by-night operations that just created a great website, but then when people realize that they don't actually fish and they can't to redfish, peacock bass, um, things like that, then uh, the fly fishing industry grounded, and you have to be able to back it up with um, with knowledge and expertise you've, you, you know you've got to have the goods to back that up so you you touched on a those trips at oh boy um it's getting pretty extensive these days um month by month and January, we were typically in the Amazon and down in Brazil. Fishing. Uh, for the past 20-some 20, 20 years, I host a trip to the Bahamas. Uh, we go to Andros Island in the Bahamas, chasing bonefish. And uh, then we usually do some steelhead stuff both here and up in Michigan. Um, then, uh, let's see, May of 2021, I am hosting a trip to Cuba, um, chasing bonefish, tarpon, and permit. And then, then it gets busy for us. <laughs> Around about July, we really get kind of crazy busy. In fact, we usually have one group, one group coming in and one group going out right back to back. So we do Alaska. Uh, this coming summer, I'll be in Labrador. Uh, we do Montana. We go out and visit Kelly Gallup every summer at his lodge in Montana. Uh, we've got a second Alaska trip. We've got New Mexico on the San Juan River with Soaring Eagle Lodge. We've got a late Alaska trip. Uh, gee whiz. Uh, we spend some time, I spend time every year down in New Orleans chasing redfish. And uh, then we typically do Michigan again. Oh, I forgot we're doing Bolivia this summer as well. Pat Kelly is hosting our Bolivia trip, um, and they're going to be chasing the Golden Dorado down in Bolivia. So that's in July this coming year. And then we uh, usually Thanksgiving to Christmas, of course, being in the retail business, um, Thanksgiving to Christmas is 
um, kind of all hands on deck in the shop doing the retail and the website side of things. And we start back up again in January down in Brazil. So on those trips, do you, you find like you get a lot of the same guys coming back every year to go on the same trips or you see a lot of new faces every year? Um, a little bit of both. I mean, we certainly have people that have been traveling with us for years and years. Um, you know, I've got some guys that almost every year they're in the Bahamas with me or, uh, almost every, every year, you know, some of the, of a core group goes to new Orleans with me, but we're starting to see, uh, you know, our business has grown, uh, uh, exponentially in the past two years, especially heck we've even grown a lot since the first of July this year. It's kind of crazy, but we're starting to see people from all over the country. Um, you know, we, we post a lot of videos about our trips on YouTube and we're getting a lot more, a lot more people from around the country that are wanting to join us on these trips. So it's really pretty cool. It's a, it's a good mix of, um, folks that we've known for years. And then we get to meet new, new people, which is always uh, fun in itself. So outside of, uh, you know, the, what you got there to offer, like just a day in the life of the shop, you're, you're. You're in the shop most days during the week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, I, I pretty you... much work six days a week. And uh, actually, um, um, more like seven days a week. I really haven't, to be honest with you. We're not we're closed on Sundays, but uh, we do teach. We have another sister company to Mad River Outfitters called the Midwest Fly Fishing Schools. <clears throat> and that... Uh, um oh geez almost almost every sunday i'm somewhere teaching something so uh it's really almost a seven day a week gig but uh yeah i'm in the shop unless i'm out on the road um hosting one of our trips yeah i'm I'm working in the shop uh six days a week now do you ever get people coming in who are just interested in fishing is there like any type of guide trips local or do you offer you know, a day trip or is there, is there any yeah. options? Mm-hmm. Yeah. An, another sister company that we have is Ohio fly fishing guides. So we employ, um, probably about a dozen grand total guides, uh, that work for us. And, um, you know, folks can certainly go to our website and, uh, just click on the guide service page and you'll see that we guide for, of course, steelhead, uh, for trout, smallmouth, uh, pike, musky, carp and largemouth uh here all here in the state of ohio and that's all yeah you're just hiring a fly fishing guide and going out for a day trip so uh we certainly do that as well and that's uh, of course a a cornerstone and a huge part of our business as well awesome now uh in that you know do you, do you ever get people who are just just coming in wanting to know like wanting to learn wanting to get started well, that's pretty much how we make a living. Um, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I teach one day fly fishing schools and two day fly fishing schools. And uh, that's all beginner type oriented. And um, yeah, it's a very successful part of our business. So absolutely. People wanting to learn is um, a huge part of how I make my living. Awesome, man, because when you have your buddies teach, you end up casting shitty like me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's uh, that's exactly what we're here for, man. 
So with your local clientele that isn't beginners, are they coming in there mainly traveling-wise, going for steelhead or going to different areas, or are they mainly coming in there shopping for like the smallmouth and carp and the local stuff? Well, I think you, I think you have a good mix, just uh, probably true anywhere, anywhere in the world. But, um, I mean, we have uh, a huge contingency of, of customers, local customers, that just fish locally. Um, you know, I've got some folks that they only fish the Mad River in Ohio, or I've got customers that only fish, you know, with smallmouth within an hour of Columbus. Uh, and then you've got, you know, you've got your anglers who never fish in Ohio and they're just traveling anglers. Um, I have a lot of customers that, you know, that go to Alaska every summer or they go to Montana every summer or we've got, I've, we've got a huge clientele of folks that are just, they live in Columbus, but they're primarily saltwater fly anglers and they make maybe two or three trips a year to the salt. So I think it's a pretty good mix. Um of um you know of an angling community i think a very well-rounded angling community um and part of that excuse me is um you know columbus ohio where we are is a very well-rounded city there's a there's a you know i think we're the 12th largest city in the u.s and um a huge diversity of folks here and income levels and and what have you and that creates for a great local market um, but you know, that being said, it's, it's kind of funny that I, I never, never wanted to have a website back in the nineties. And then of course I never wanted to have an online store. And now actually 88% of our business is through our online store where our store is more or less a, a warehouse for the online business, which is kind of crazy, but that's, that's where it is. So, I mean, even for like the local and the traveling, we've, we're in there, what, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. I mean, you have flies that'll pretty much cover all the bases there. We do. <clears throat> yeah. That's something that we've just always, always kind of set out to do. And with the online, you know, obviously if we weren't an online business, we would have real, no real business selling peacock bass flies or saltwater flies or flies for Alaska. But being primarily an online business, um, I, I think if you go to Google and type in peacock bass flies, we probably pop up first. And we probably have one of the best selections in the in the country for flies for peacock bass. And you wouldn't think that for a fly shop in Columbus. But again, it's it's really we're really not a fly shop in Columbus. We're a fly shop on the Internet and cater to uh, all these different types of markets. And we have you know, for example, uh, what I consider a really great saltwater fly selection, which again you wouldn't think of, of of a landlocked fly shop in Columbus, Ohio. But uh, once again, that's kind of the you know today's modern modern marketplace, and the power of the internet has has allowed us to be a a pretty doggone good saltwater fly fishing store. And then you have um, local tires that do stuff for you too. Not much. We have a, a few, but we, we do business with a lot of the big suppliers. Um, you know, I, I've, to be honest with you, I've, I have worked with local tires and, and we do over the years, but we do so much volume that it's really almost impossible for, for, um, individuals to keep up with. Um, 
we've got a couple of guys that we're working with right now that are helping us with some of the patterns that we can't buy elsewhere. But we buy most of our flies from, say, Umqua, uh, Montana Fly Company, Rainey's, um, you know, the big manufacturers in the business um, that can keep us in the kind of supply that, that we need to have. And even then it can be tough. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 would be very hard for individuals to keep up with the kind of volume of flies that, that we sell. So in, in between a crazy day at the shop, I'm sure Thanksgiving's going to look nuts for you. You're probably dreading that coming up, but, uh, yes, might, you might be able to relax until then, huh? Uh, it is kind of a little bit of a, um, kind of a breathing space here for the next two or three weeks, but we're, we've been busy just kind of building up stock and building up the inventory to get ready for the holidays. Um, of course you, uh, you know, we still do have a retail store, so we like the store to look nice and, um, and because we do get a lot of walk-in traffic and Christmas time, the holidays can be really busy. Uh, but yeah, actually I'm right now I'm still in the process. We have to have all of our orders for 2020 are all due, say, no later than November 1st. So even though it might look like um, there's not a lot going on right now till Black Friday, I'm, uh, I am busy. In fact, tomorrow I'll be kind of trying to wrap things up. And But all of our 2020 orders, including all of our flies, everything that we have to order for 2020, uh, has to be due by say November 1st. So it's, it's actually kind of a crazy time of year. So do you, you do all the YouTube for the shop? Um, well, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Pat Kelly does quite a bit. Ryan Ratliff does quite a bit. Uh, we've got Justin Christofferson now who's becoming a, a, a big part of the store and Justin will probably start filming a few things. I, I probably, I don't know. We might have something like 500 videos out there, and I'm uh, I probably I'm probably in about 400 of them, something like that. Uh, I've really never counted them, to be honest with you. But I probably do about 80 percent, something like that. That's all like uh, how tos and things like that, right? Um, there's quite a bit of that. Yeah, we have a bunch of different series. We have um, getting started in fly fishing. That's a 14-episode series there. We've got, uh, we do a Q&A um, where folks send questions in via email. Uh, we've got our Q&A series. Then we've got um, tutorials, how-tos. We've got fly tying. Um, we, made a, we made a bunch of DVDs back in the 90s. We did uh, uh, Steelheading Made Simple, Chasing Silver, Cools Flies for Hot Fish, and one we did with Dave Whitlock called Carpin, all about catching carp on a fly rod. And those are all now up on our YouTube channel. Since nobody buys DVDs anymore, we figured we'd just put them up there on YouTube for free. And and then we just do some fun stuff. We do some kind of documentaries on some of our trips. And, uh, and then actually we've got two new series coming this fall. We've got Getting Started in Fly Tying will pop up this fall. And then we also have... Uh, fly fishing entomology all about the bugs and the life cycles and how that relates to flies that's all that also starts filming uh probably next week so a lot of different things on our youtube channel to check out 
Um, another thing you had mentioned off the air um, that you're getting involved or you're involved in is a couple books that you, that you are writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, um, uh, years ago, I published a book called Fly Fisher's Guide to the Mad River that was all about fishing our, our <clears throat> Spring Creek trout stream here in the state of Ohio. But um, the next book that's coming is um, it's called The End of the Line. Uh, we're hoping to have that by Christmas. And that's a book all about leaders and the importance of your leader and how to build proper leaders for certain situations, um, certain types of fishing. Um, And that's uh, been quite a few years coming, but I'm getting real close. And like I said, we're hoping to have that out by the holidays. And then we will have a book, just kind of a basic guidebook to go along with our series on YouTube, one on getting started in fly fishing. And then also the getting started in fly time uh, will also have a companion book to go along with that YouTube series. So, yeah, pretty busy. Um, And uh, writing a book is not my favorite thing to do, but it can be rewarding when it's done. Awesome. So (laughs) what like, uh, I guess, what's your location? I don't know. Not not everybody, you know, Googles everything. But what's a are you downtown? What where do you got? Oh, in Columbus? Yeah. Um, We are just right off of uh, Route 315. In fact, uh, if you know where the Ohio Stadium is, we're probably about four miles north of Ohio Stadium. Uh, If you're going north past the stadium, uh, you're going to hang a left on Bethel Road, and we're just uh, in a shopping plaza on the left there. So it's it's basically uh, two left turns if you're heading north and – a right turn and a left turn if you're heading south from, say, Cleveland. So it's it's really uh, easy to get to. We're right smack in between, say, Dublin, Upper Arlington, and Worthington, uh, for those that know Columbus. So you're getting everybody down there. Yeah, it's right. I mean, it's yeah, right it's, off the highway. It's really easy to get to off the highway. It's a nice yeah, little, it's uh, very easy to get to. It's really uh, kind of centrally located, um, uh, and it's uh, convenient for most folks. And and that's the cool thing about Columbus is it's a big city, but you can be anywhere in 15, 20 minutes anywhere in the city. Um, but it's it's really easy to get to. And again, we're just north of Ohio State University. So you want to get into a little more about the, um, like you said, you you work with a couple local guides, but even the guys that you have in the shop. I know we talked last week um, with uh, Rick Reno from uh, District Angling, uh, and mm-hmm. you know, do you who's that guy? He talked about he has a guy. You know, who's who's the guy there? Who's the guy's been with you for a long time, and you know, helps you basically run the business right alongside you? Oh boy, I mean, that's everybody. To be honest with you. Um, you know, um, yeah, I mean, everybody plays a role in the business and everybody, uh, that everybody that works for us, uh, has been with us for a long time. I mean, you've got Andy Jensen, he kind of, Andy's been working for us for probably 12 years and Andy, uh, in fact, Andy's been coming in the shop for 25 years and we finally had to put him to work and he kind of really helps run the online business. And then, of course, is a salesman uh, in the shop. Um, and then there's Pat Kelly. Pat's been with me for probably 15 years. And Pat is Pat runs our fly business, which is a, 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 a big, big part of the business, obviously, in the fly shop. And 
Uh, and then Pat is also a salesperson in the shop and then does a lot of guiding. Pat does a lot of smallmouth pike, and then he's kind of our musky guy. Um, Ryan Ratliff's been with the company for about four years. Again, he's been shopping at the shop for probably 12 years. And Ryan runs our fly tying department and does a fantastic job. He's a heck of a fly tire. Uh, also a great salesperson and also a guide. Um, in fact, I think he guided, um, he guided the Mad River both Saturday and today. Um, at least I think he did, as long as it didn't blow out last night, which I, I didn't look. But And um, we've got Linda Farner. Linda runs the uh, clothing and soft goods part of the business. Linda's been with us for about 10 years. And she does a great job um, doing the the clothing and you know the Patagonia, the Howler Brothers, the Sims, all the all the the clothing and stuff. And then gee whiz, there's Judy. She does the books. She's been doing that for 25 years. We got Christina, uh, who does the shipping. She's been doing that for 10 years. And um, and even though Justin Christofferson, Justin's just been with us since July 1st, but um he boy he is fit right in and he's doing a great job and he pretty much processes orders and answers phones and helps with customers and uh we've got high hopes for him in fact he's scheduled to host a couple of trips for us next year um so it's it's really a a group effort everybody kind of has their niche uh i don't i don't necessarily think that i have a, a right hand man it's i rely on a big group of people. There's also Josh McQueen who does um, probably 60% of our guide trips. Josh does them. He's pretty much a full-time guide. Um, We've got several part-time folks that have been doing it for a long time. So it's a, it's a fairly big operation and, and, you know, we've got a pretty big diverse group of folks that, uh, that have their job descriptions and run their departments of the business. And then uh, they do a great job and I couldn't do it without them. That's for sure. Yeah, no, uh, Justin is one of our good buddies, Christopherson. And uh, I even know I, I was, I lived in Columbus for 10 years or so. And uh, I started coming in there when I started getting into the warm water fishing, like the small mouth <laughs> and him and I started coming in there together first. And then I moved back to the area we're at now. And boy, did he pick up a vice and start tying some flies, man. He can definitely, and lay it down on the vice well. He's a great fly tire. Um, he is a really excellent tire, good angler, um, and just he's just a great guy on top of that. I mean, Justin just has a really great personality. Uh, in fact, we get uh, it's really been amazing the number of good reviews that we get that mention his name, like on Google or Facebook or what have you, where they just m- mention him. Uh, directly uh because he's just so good with customers he is a nice guy yes he is he's a nice guy he's a nice guy he's a i think he's a good person and uh that comes through when you're working with him and he's just very polite and very helpful and goes out of his way so he's just fit right in i mean it almost feels like he's been with us for years and uh, and I hope that he is with us for years and uh, we're going to do everything we can to make that happen his mom would be very happy to hear that she uh, sure would. I'm sure she listens to this podcast. So. Uh, she, she might. So, so all this, all this work talk, man. I, I don't know if we got anywhere. I, I kind of want to, I want to hear about 
you know, hooking into something like a Dorado or or one of those crazy peacocks. What what does that feel like? What what is a memorable like time you've had when you went down there and and hooked into maybe your first or or just an experience something you know that's out of this world. Oh boy, you know I I I'm I'm not sure that I've got, have any out of this world kind of stories. Well, like like, like I that, mentioned, maybe maybe your first time, uh, you know, exploring those waters and and taking that trip. The um, the peacock bass uh, trips that we do are definitely the most exotic. And I would call them high adventure, although the, the Labrador trip that we do, um, I do that every two years. That's high adventure at its finest. But the Amazon um, is, uh, you know, I think maybe the first time I was down there was probably 2005 or so. And we've been running those trips. Oh, boy, about, yeah, about 14, 14 years. Next year will be our 15th year, I think, of running the peacock bass trips but it's just so exotic and i think that's what the trip is much more than the fish now granted the fish are absolutely amazing um you know uh, i was just down there in august with a group the biggest we got was 16 pounds but um on my trip before that in 2018 we got several that were right around 21 pounds now, are these a lot of topwater, or are you guys streamer fishing them too, or mix them? Yeah, mostly streamer fishing. Uh, you can you, we get them on poppers and topwater from time to time, but it's really a low percentage game. Um, kind of the same with the redfish down in New Orleans. They, you know, they you can you can find footage on the internet of them of people catching them on poppers, but it really in reality, it's such a low percentage thing that you're much better off to go below the surface but um with the peacock bass in particular it's it's such high adventure of course you've got to fly into manaus brazil and you spend a couple nights there and and kind of get a flavor of manaus and then they fly you on a float plane uh deep into the amazon jungle and the we have a floating cabin system and over the course of the week that we're in the jungle They'll move these floating cabins maybe up to 80, 90 miles up or down a river. So you're camping at a different spot every night. And uh, it's just it's just really exotic. You've got macaws flying around. You've got monkeys in the trees. And uh, we've we've seen some uh, we've seen some of the jaguars. We've seen pythons. You see these pink dolphins a freshwater pink dolphin swimming around. You got caiman. Um, so the fish are kind of the icing on the cake, but I've, I've always, I always kind of grew up as a largemouth bass fisherman and <clears throat> catching a peacock bass on a fly rod. I mean, they're, they're really a lot like largemouth on steroids. They fight harder, they jump more. And then of course they're, they when in the water. They just glow. I remember one, the first couple I caught, you really can't capture it on film all that well, but when you see it in person, they just light up this kind of neon yellow and blue and orange, and it's just amazing to see, um, and just just what a thrill. And on top of that, on those trips, we usually catch a bunch. In fact, we caught uh, when I was there in August. I think we caught 
1,387 peacocks for a group of eight of us. And I'm not really a fish counter, but the guy (laughs) has to count for the Brazilian government. And they have to turn in exact fish counts, so we do know exactly how many fish we caught. So um, there's plenty of days when uh, two guys in a boat, you easily catch over 100 peacocks over the course of the day. So that's uh, that's pretty epic fishing. With that kind of, you know, that that many fish hitting a fly, how long do the flies last? I mean, are you... You get and are they getting yeah, straight? I heard they get straightened out. Uh, some of the hooks get straightened out as well sometimes. Uh, that can happen. Sure. Yeah, I ripped uh, ripped some leaders off, uh, destroyed some flies. I, I tell you, the peacock bass don't do that much damage to flies. What does damage to the flies is the piranha. Um, you've got a lot of piranha on these waters, and and uh, especially if you get into a big group of them, yeah, they'll shred a fly and in no time and you'll you'll cast a fly out there that looks good and by the time you've brought it back in it's just shredded so naked (laughs) yeah yeah especially if it's made out of deer hair they really seem to 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 love to chew on that deer hair (laughs) so yeah you do you can go through a lot of flies i mean you can easily go through a dozen or so flies in a day um down there with that much action and that many toothy fish uh, in the water, it it can um, it can definitely be a little intensive as far as the number of flies that you have to have, but <clears throat> that's all a part of it, and you just got to be prepared. So when when you guys do run into the piranhas, um, I'm sorry, when you guys do run into the piranhas, do you eat them? Are they delicious? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, piranha are delicious. So are peacock bass. In fact, those are two of my favorite fish to eat. Uh, the, the peacock bass in particular, absolutely delicious. But the piranha, piranha pretty much just tastes like a like a bluegill. Um, and then the peacock bass is a lot like peacock bass tastes a lot to me like dorado or you know a mahi mahi, or also kind of reminds me of a Chilean sea bass. Yeah. Uh, but they're white, flaky fish and delicious. And, and the Brazilian girls that uh, do the cooking for us in these camps, man, they know how to cook them, that's for sure. Every night you're going to have it prepared a different way. And, man, they are just absolutely delicious. It's awesome, man. Uh, so outside of that, what are, you, what are you going for in Labrador? Is that, that salmon? Uh, Labrador is... Um, we're at a place called Three Rivers Lodge, and it's about uh, 250, 300 miles from a paved road. <clears throat> so you fly from a place called Wabush, Labrador, in a float plane. Uh, it's about an hour and a half flight, and we're right smack in the middle of what's called the Woods River System. And it's a uh, kind of a system of different lakes. They're, they're, it's actually a river, but it, it seems like they're big lakes. And then you have these rapids and these rivers that connect all these different lakes. So we use a, a system of boats and float planes to get around up there. And we're fishing for brook trout and really big brook trout. I got some. In fact, we've got a bunch of YouTube videos about that trip. And uh, we caught a lot of eight, nine, ten-pound brook trout. And the cool thing is, a lot of times you get them on. We get them on streamers, of course, but we also get them on mouse patterns and just straight-up dry flies like a royal wolf. 
Um, and, and usually quite a few of them. I mean, we, we catch a lot of big brook trout up there, but it's also excellent pike fishing. Um, and I, I really enjoy catching pike on a fly. We do it a lot here in Ohio and up there. In fact, the guides, if you ask them how the pike fishing has been, they laugh at you. It's pike catching, not (laughs) pike fishing. There's just so many of them. It's just absolutely amazing. I mean, you can literally throw your fly out there and you'll have six or eight pike chasing after your fly it's just it's crazy how good it is so so that's a brook trout and a uh, pike trip and it's just a high adventure flying out in float planes to all these different locations we've got we've got big rivers little rivers little tributaries and all kinds of uh, all kinds of neat places to fish up there and it's just such a such a neat place it's such a a uh, remote kind of homey feeling lodge that that's really become one of my favorite places to be. I can't wait to get there this summer. So on the uh, Alaska trips, are they mainly just the salmon or you do steelhead ones too? Um, no, there's not a lot of steelhead to be found in Alaska. They're mostly down on uh, Kenai or Kodiak. So it's, um, we do three different trips to Alaska the first one we call the Alaska Sampler, and that one you're going to have a chance at catching all five species of Pacific salmon, although kind of the, the at the time when we're there in July for the sampler trip, you're mostly going to run into kings, chums, and sockeyes. And we also catch uh, rainbow trout fishing. The Naknek River, where we go, is the number one rated rainbow trout stream in Alaska. So um, I really consider it more of a rainbow trout trip. But we catch grayling, we catch dolly varden, and, of course, the pike fishing up there can be really good um, in certain places. So that's really kind of a sampler. Then we do what we call silvers and bows. That's in August, and that will be more for the silver salmon. The sockeye and kings and chums have pretty much moved on through the system, and now you've got the silver salmon in, and the rainbow trout are starting to fatten up on the flesh and the eggs from the salmon. And then we do a late-season trip called Nactoberfest, and that the salmon are all pretty much gone, and the rainbows are at their fattest and their biggest and they're starting to fatten up even more for the winter. So that is a really a trophy rainbow trout uh, trip. And we usually do that the last week of September. And that's just absolutely fantastic. And we have a lot of, a lot of two-handed fishermen fishing spay and switch style fishing, swinging flies for big rainbows up there. It's pretty popular for that style of fishing. So we've got three different trips and each three of them has, you know, each of the three has kind of a different focus and a different feel. You know, the July trip, you're going to see a lot of bears. The, uh, the August trip, maybe not as many. And then the September trip, you might see, um, see some cause they're kind of fattening up for the winter and getting ready to hibernate. So it's, they all three have their own kind of flavor and their own feel. Do you get guys, uh, swinging like mice and stuff up there for them at all? The yeah. trout? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. That's big. Um, especially on the July and August trip. Uh, and it, we do some fly outs. The, the Naknek is a pretty big river and, uh, we do some fly outs to some smaller little tributaries where the mouse fishing can be really, really good. 
and there's you know nothing more fun i love catching either the rainbows in alaska or the brook trout up in labrador on a mouse pattern um uh, that's just as you guys know that's just a hoot and do you have a favorite mouse fly do you like the deer hair ones are you a foam guy or a moorish mouse or um no i don't think i have a favorite um i i was actually taught to tie one years ago probably 1995 or 96 by a guide in alaska one of my first hosted trips and i just i just whip one out with some some rabbit a rabbit strip tail and a really crude deer hair body and i i forego the you know i just tie it to the shape and then swing it across the surface so um, but the Moorish mouse is definitely in Labrador. The Moorish mouse is, is certainly the one that they prefer. And then up in Alaska, there is a couple of foam patterns that they use up there. But uh, if I had to pick a commercial pattern, it's going to be, be the Moorish mouse. But my, <clears throat> the ones that I tie for myself are just really crude, just rabbit strip tail and some deer hair for the body. And I just trim it to a real crude shape. And it's, it's more about making, creating the impression of a mouse than actually looking like a mouse. And do any of those tactics, uh, come on back home to the, the local river that you guys trout fish? Uh, not much. No, I, I don't really mouse fish on, on the mat. I mean, I know that some people have, um, I, and I'm, I'm sure it could be effective. It's probably going to be more effective at night fishing. And, and, uh, unfortunately I don't get to do much night fishing around here. So I, I gotta, I gotta be home and time for dinner and cut the grass and things like that. <laughs> more work. It sounds like, man, you're a busy guy. Yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> yeah. Well, at least you get out there on them freaking awesome trips to, god's land i guess all the sweet places that i've never been the stuff i've watched on you know espn when i was a kid the you know the locations that's that's pretty awesome and it's sweet that you offer it a chance for some of the anglers locally to get get out there and do it all also it's a pretty cool way to make a living that's for sure so you had mentioned bears up in alaska how mm-hmm. how long does it take you to you personally to be not so super worried about a bear being in the area. Well, uh, you know, for me, I've been, I've been around bears all my life. I mean, I started uh, fishing in Yellowstone when I was about 16 years old and uh, my uncle and I were both kind of bear crazy and we would, we would go out of our way to try to have encounters with them. And I, and I don't mean encounters just, you know, to see them and be in the vicinity of them. So I, I, I've been, I've been a big, in fact, I'm sitting here in my office at home and I've got photographs all over my office of bears. I, I'm a big bear guy. I love being in bear country. I love being around bears. And I've also spent a fair amount of time at a place called Brooks Falls or Brooks uh, Park in Cat. Uh, it was within Katmai National Park in Alaska. I started hosting Alaska trips back in 1995, and uh, Brooks Camp has always been a big part of our Alaska trips. <clears throat> and a number of years ago, and, and Brooks Falls is where you see the pictures of the bears sitting at the falls and the salmon are jumping up into their mouths. And um, So I, I've spent a lot of time at Brooks Camp, and, and there you're going to have very close encounters with bears. In fact, I, I kind of became friends with a bush pilot 
uh, back in the 90s. And when he had an open seat and he was flying over to Brooks, he would always kind of come and find me and, and see if I wanted to go over there for the day. And, and a lot of times he would just let me jump out of the plane and not tell him I was there. And I would just run around in the woods all day. And so I've been around bears my whole life. I, you know, I certainly, and I, uh, I've probably been way too close to a lot of bears in my life, which is not smart. Uh, but so for me, it's, it's, I'm pretty comfortable but I always respect them and, and give them their right away, of course. In fact, we were just working on some video that we filmed this summer. And, uh, geez, we were, you know, we got video of some bears walking past us maybe 20, 20, 25 foot across the river from us. So it's, but for a lot of people, uh, it's, it's very worrisome and a lot of people are fairly concerned about it when we go up there. But the, there's a big difference between a bear that you would encounter in Yellowstone in the back country of Yellowstone and a bear that you encounter along the coast in Alaska. Um, the bears in Alaska are, are, they're very content. They're eating salmon. They're not worried about you at all. Whereas a, a a grizzly out in Yellowstone, he doesn't have that luxury of eating salmon all day long, and it can be quite a bit more dangerous. So, um, <clears throat> no, it doesn't bother me, but I know it does a lot of people, and it takes uh, a lot of our customers uh, a period of time to get used to them. But when when you see how they behave up there in Alaska, it really doesn't take that long. They're 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 really not at all concerned about you. Um, you know, they're very content just chasing salmon. I would be one of your customers. It takes quite a while. I have goosebumps just hearing you talk about that bear walking 25 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay tuned to our YouTube channel. Wait till you see this footage that we got. It's uh, <clears throat> pretty amazing. Yeah, bear. We pretty much got uh, chased around. We were on a river called the... Uh, oh, I'm not going to think of it right now, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it in the video. Um and, uh, yeah, these bears were just walking right up on us as we're fishing and they'd walk right out in front of us. We just had to back off and, and not fish and let them pass. And they, they just don't, uh, again, they just really don't think twice about you. Uh, but, but then again, you just never know. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to walk up and tell them to get out of my fishing hole. That's for sure. Yeah. At, um, at 25 feet away, that's like 0.2 seconds for a bear so oh yeah you know yeah, it's 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 ridiculous and not recommended but when you're you know when you're in a river corridor and there's really nowhere you can go um certainly i'm going to back up and get out of the way but if they're if they come walking past you know there's there's not much you can do so you just gotta play it cool and uh, keep your fingers crossed that he's he's not pissed off at human beings do you do you take uh especially when you have clients out do you take bear spray or any kind of repellent yeah yeah, yeah. i don't typically because I'm, I'm theoretically when i'm in alaska what I'm caliber is it theoretically <laughs> a guide um uh, but yeah they do typically carry guns a lot of times they'll just have um uh slugs or, or rubber rubber bullets in there to, uh, but then they also have bear spray on their hip at all times as well um like i said i'm not a guide and um, I have carried bear spray with me out in Yellowstone before, that's for sure. 
but I'm always relying on the guides when we're up in Alaska to to have that. And I will say that, you know, uh, uh, like I said, since I was 16, oh, you know, I mean, that's 30-some years or more, 34 years that I've been hanging out in bear country, and I've never... I've never seen anybody fire a shot at a bear and never seen anybody use bear spray, so I'll keep my fingers crossed. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> that's pretty good odds that you you should just do what you do right there, right? Yeah. Keep it, keep it, it how way. it is. Yep. Keep yep, it right yep. here. So, you know, going from far away to even a lot of your local guiding, do you... Is there like do you find people seasonally scheduling certain trips? You know, as as uh, summertime, maybe your smallmouth time, and or is it just? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's certain people. There's certain people that we we don't see them all winter, and then once smallmouth season kicks in, we'll see them once a week, and and then there's vice versa. We'll have steelhead guys that uh, we don't see them all summer, and then all of a sudden steelhead season kicks in, and there they are. So. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, that's another cool thing about living in Ohio, um, and doing what we do. I mean, for example, I've got a lot of friends, for example, Kelly, my good friend, Kelly Gallup. I mean, their season out there in Montana is, I don't know, May 15th, June 1st. And then by about October 1st, they're just about done. And and then they won't have anybody in their shop from November 1st through April 1st. And there's not much to do in Montana. I mean, I know that they do some winter fishing, but uh, there's probably a good couple of months where you just can't even get around and can't get to the river. Whereas for us, it's it's really a 12-month uh, thing. I mean, and we've got, you know, in the state of Ohio, you've got over 60,000 miles of fishable waterways, and you've got uh, 43 different species of fish that we can fish for here and it's a year-round fishery so there's always something to do and always something to catch in the state of ohio so um, just like i like having uh, all four seasons we have a lot of different fishing seasons and that creates a very diverse uh, fishery a very diverse lifestyle and a very a very diverse um, a business model uh, that allows us to do a lot of different things and, and stay busy. Now, I know you talked a couple times on pike, but do you yourself do much musky fishing? I, I don't. No, I'm not. Uh, I, I've caught musky in my life, but I am not. Um, <clears throat> I, I just don't. I don't have the time between my travels and between um, between running a business like I do, I don't have that much time to fish locally. If I, if I'm fishing locally, uh, I usually get out and do one or two steelhead trips a year. I still do a little bit of guiding on the mad river. I've got an off sobble river boat that I run down the mad and I usually book trips during our peak spring season, April, May, and early June. Um, and and I do enjoy that. I love being on that river. It's kind of my home river, and uh, I've got kind of a client base that uh, that they just enjoy floating in the boat. And then otherwise, um, I, I I live real close. I can be on the Scioto River in about six minutes from my house, and a lot of times I'll just run down, you know, on a on a warm evening and run out for a couple hours and go catch 
eight or 10 smallmouth on poppers and then I'm home in time for dinner. So, uh, yeah, I don't do as much local fishing as I used to. And that musky thing, you really have to have a boat. Um, and, uh, you know, my boat is not suited for that. And then it's going to be an hour and a half to two hour drive, maybe even sometimes more to get to the places where Pat and uh, a couple of the other guides fish. So, it's just not something that I get a chance to do very often. Um, speaking of that one, you know, if they if somebody does uh, get a guided trip uh, due to the muskie and stuff, what boats? What boat is Pat using? Or uh, and I know Josh also does a lot of the toothy critter stuff. Yeah, um, they between the two of them, um, I think Pat mostly uses his raft uh, because he gets in and out. He they've got either the Smith Fly or the Flycraft. Um, you know, three man inflatable rafts. And I think Pat, when Pat goes down, and does the musky thing, that's usually what he's doing because some of the places where he puts in takes out are a little squirrely, um, especially down there in Southern Ohio. But he also has a high drift boat and he uses that quite often. Mostly the jet boats. Uh, we do have to, Pat's got a jet boat, Josh has a jet boat, and they're usually doing those for smallmouth and pike in the northeast part of the state. So I think most of the muskie fishing is done out of the raft or occasionally out of the high drift boat. So, uh, hey, we've been had you on about an hour now. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to hit on? Uh, boy, not really that I can think of. Other than, uh, you know, if if anybody's interested in anything we, we do, uh, you can go to madriveroutfitters.com. And, of course, you'll find links to everything we do there. Every single product that we have in our store for sale is on our website. And it will tell you whether it's in stock, out of stock, and have a full description and maybe even a little video tutorial on how to use it. Um, and then, of course, all of our trips, the guide trips, the schools, classes, education division, it's all right there on our website. And then, of course, links to social media. Uh, you can follow along on social media and, and kind of keep up with what we're doing. And uh, there's, I would imagine they probably posted photos of guide trips today somewhere there on social media. I'll probably have a look here after dinner. And, and then, of course, the links to the YouTube channel and you know, if you like what we're doing on YouTube, think about subscribing and stay tuned because we've got to, you know, we're going to keep doing this. I, I just, I've been doing it for 30 years and in, in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm just getting started. It's really pretty cool. It's awesome. Thank you for, you know, bringing such sweet business and shop to this region, Ohio. We, we needed that stuff in that local area and you're like you said six hours from anywhere so anybody traveling through the area or on a trip down south or on a trip up steelhead fishing stop in get a little knowledge uh maybe pick up a couple flies that's always nice for guys like you and shoot the shit right that's that's what it's all about well thank you hey brian thanks for your time absolutely nope no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it, and uh, and thanks to all those who listen, and uh, and uh, we'll hope to talk to you all real soon.
you serious? You two call yourself Incubus fans and neither of you have heard the song? No, we like the good era of Incubus. The good era. Rock and roll. Really? I like I like like early nineties oh, Incubus. On. Yeah, the good era. Like that, 94, that's 96. A, that's a good Incubus song. It's not bad. I, I don't mind it. I like all of it. They're they're good to, to I, me. Like I said, I phased myself out of music, basically. So, my opinion's null and void. What'd, no, you, do, what'd I, you do? Stick with what, what you knew and, and keep it rocking? You guys listen to, to... You guys all listen to new music, though. No. No. Not really. no? I listen to... If, if it's new, it's... Why men great too? They gotta be great. <laughs> That's the only new shit I listen to. Oh my god, it's on every table with my uh, wife every, and the yeah, dog. You know what I mean? It's like if I hear anything new. You know, that's why I hate every, every station baby, around man. here. That's the only reason I listen to a new country station that's because it's great. the only station that plays new music around here. They don't. There's not a, an, a rock station that plays new rock music that's coming out from people that we used to listen to because Disturbed still makes music and. All these bands play music, but we don't get to hear it unless you really go into it and look mm, it up and spend the time. It's all on XM anymore. It's all serious. Yeah, you have to. We don't have shit for good radio around where we're living. Where we're living. Chad looks like he wants to say something. We, we're going to give him a moment. We need to turn the volumes down just a little bit, Jay. I, I'm not sitting over my control board, so we're uh, we're pegging the system. Yeah, he got them all the way cranked. <laughs> he got me up loud. I already had to tell him to turn me down once, but he's learning. I, it, man, it felt like it wasn't coming through that loud mm. on the thing, though. Yo, there was a time when we were just, just right now I was watching, we were so overmodulated and clipping. and. <laughs> I'm glad I, I don't have that trouble, man. I, I listen to the, the rap station, bro, and we just got a new one. We have one of those also? Hell yeah, bro. The Baby. You know, y'all heard of The Baby? He, <laughs> no. He's on the remix with that song you were just singing, the Lizzo. Now, there's so many new artists, I don't, can't say I really get into it. A lot of weird rap and... Uh, you know, I still rock that Chronic 2001. And <laughs> yeah, boy. See, we were rocking some, some of, of that, that on the way down stuff. to Pittsburgh last night because my mom has XM. So we were listening to the Wu-Tang Clan, Oldies little DMX. Not, some of the stuff we had. <laughs> I like, don't mind It was that. too bad for the kids. Old 50 Cent. Like, yeah, some Jace of Jace hadn't heard uh, some uh, one of the songs I'm with Chad. The Game. Oh, oh sorry. The Game? Chad? Oh, you got to like some yeah, game, man, bro. Yeah, man. It was The Game. Let me put you on uh, The Game. Who, who's the other? Uh, Lloyd Lloyd Banks was it? Lloyd uh, in Banks the, yeah. in the G unit. Yeah, it was G, G unit G song. G unit. I was back there yelling G unit. <laughs> My kids are like, "What are you yelling, Daddy? <laughs> put your cat helmet or put your cat mask back on and shut up." Uh, Good defog this cat. Uh, Delouse this cat head. <laughs> in the big city country living. Ah oh, man, I don't know. It's weird. A lot of music gets listened to around here, just like uh, anywhere else. A lot of. A lot of different flavors, so you guys like, luckily, like some of the stuff I like, so I'm not always having to listen to whatever you guys are listening to nowadays. Now, I don't know. You are what far left of my music choice of, from what I said. Maybe I was far left, right, Chad? Oh, man, there's a time in my life where I listen to nothing but, like, hate breed and six feet under. I hang out with these guys. <laughs> and like Slayer and Slipknot, you know. I gotta get in a car with Jason and and watch him drum beat for an hour. While I'll take drive. Incubus, I'll while take Incubus 1995. And go go right. ballistic while you sit in the passenger seat at Mach three, <laughs> heading Erie. <laughs> it was like the beginning of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Hey, that's all right. I, whatever, whatever music you like. Uh, that's that's great. See see fishing fishing gets us right past that. I can still like you guys. Like I said, I've transitioned into all talk all the time. I like uh, to laugh. So 
<clears throat> yeah, that's well, it. I used to enjoy my uh, Bob and Tom. Not so much. I don't really listen to it. I find it every now and again flipping through the stations. It's on a different station. Why one of three? Yeah, why one of three now? Yeah, it's, yep. it's different. I still catch it every. I, I think I got it the last time I went fishing, but I don't know. Guess I. It's been a while since. But I used to every day. That would. I was doing that every day on my way hunting or fishing, whatever I was doing. But I'm never in a car long enough unless I'm going fishing. My ride to work's like eight minutes, so yeah, throw now, Bob and Tom on. I, I fish and hunt so local that I, I fish and hunt so local that I can't get a it's song in. <laughs> Except for the hour ride. I used to listen to the same CDs. What do you got going on there? You're yeah, messing around. Look what you did. <laughs> Jay's still alive. You're a real live mess over there. <laughs> Glutton for punishment. <laughs> I like oh, it. this I went it. a lot smoother than the last time Jay took over. <laughs> We probably unplugged. It was, it was an amazing, it was amazing interview. We had we had a good little segment beforehand. Jace wouldn't stop rambling on like usual. It was blah, perfect, blah, just like blah, usual. Blah. Here yeah. about the La- last time we had to unplug and plug your phone in sixty five times and change we, cords. And we did well. Chad got this beautiful new cord for me to have my phone plugged in at all times too. He should actually plug in his so he can. He can make some fart noises or something stupid while we talk. Oh, I wish I could do that. No, I wish let's, I had some let, let's not. Let's not. I don't think so, Tim. I don't think so, Tim. That was great, dude. Come on, that was like the perfect drop. Oh, they just—they just. So it was great. We're we're on our way to Pittsburgh yesterday, and we're sitting in the back seat, you know, and Chad's being Thor, and I'm being a black cat, and you know, the women are front, they're running the microphones and everything else, but we start talking about Chad's, you know, flicking of the switch after he changes everything in his hot water heater. Oh, oh, uh, oh, immediately, as soon as I start poking and prying, you know, because, you know me, I'm an instigator. I'm going to instigate a fight between the other couple in the car in a second, especially if it's fucking Chad. So immediately I start just poking, you know, I'm just I'm just going to prod this one out until Ashley almost reaches in the back seat and fucking clubs me in my head. So I did that. I did that. And you felt the tension in that car get real quick, like real <laughs> bad, real quick. And my wife's trying to drive through inner city Pittsburgh at the time. And, uh. You know, in rain, in the dark, so it wasn't, Where'd you know... Where'd you go? Costume was, party? Yeah. She wasn't very happy in the first place, so... Yeah, it was it was good. I was I was loving life at that moment. My, I didn't think about any aching of uh, my genitals at all. So, did you go into any of the, the funny stuff that I had said and why you got real uncomfortable? No, go ahead. Okay, so Jay was like, Chad... Uh, does the feeling ever come back into your balls after you get your nuts clipped? Like, sexually? And I said, my wife was sitting up in the front seat, and I was like, well, honest to God, tell you the truth, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's great. It, it was one of the best comments I've ever... Uh, everything got real quiet real Why quick. Why you just minute. say you're, you're not a doctor first? See, you got to know how to <laughs> walk into these meetings here. Right? Yeah. First off, I'm not a doctor, but... <laughs> I tell you from my experience. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, Can't <was> quite confirm <laughs> nor <laughs> roll out. <laughs> oh, that was yeah, that was a, that was a good few moments. Me and Chad, we we cracked it up in the backseat like a couple jackasses. At least our women drove us around. That was fun. We had enough of a good time that we stopped at Burger King or McDonald's on the way home. And Jay had no idea until the morning when his wife brought the, the <laughs> leftover bag in. He's like, do you think these sandwiches will still be good? They were in 55 degrees all night in the car. I'm like, perfect. Uh, you know, if you were in college, you'd eat them. I'd eat them. <laughs> uh, 
You're is that, is that because but, but when you're is, in college, you're... This is meanwhile, she's stuffing the cold french fries that were next to the burger into her face because oh. she dies for cold fries, just like Chad. I would not eat those cold fries. Oh, Chad would devour those things. Oh, I would eat the shit out of them. So we took Jay's mom's car down last night. Yes. And oh, we made some sort of joke on the way home, and we were rolling laughing. I totally forget what we were laughing about. And, you know, we were in the back, so we had open beers. Jay hit my arm. I was so covered. When was the last time you were covered in beer? He just took a bath instantly. Oh, I was totally... My legs were soaked. I was wearing pajama pants, like flannel pajama pants, because I was fat Thor. And I was covered <laughs> in beer. I was sticky, and then we had to get go to uh, McDonald's. It was like running between my butt cheeks. I was like, oh, man. So, I'm sure your mom's car smelled great today. Half a yingling foamed up on her car floor. There's no <laughs> way you clean that up. <laughs> I didn't clean shit up. I, I woke up at 9 o'clock this morning. You woke up that early? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> luckily, man. The he had these Jello shots that were in like a like an IV bag. Yeah, <laughs> looked like an IV bag. They were strong, man. One of those later, I was sitting on the couch next to Chad with an ice pack underneath my stuff, and I didn't go far after that. Just to the garage once. So, is was uh, I wasn't here for the first segment. Was the whole first segment ball talk also? No. Okay. None of it was. Okay, so we're ball talking now. Okay. Yes. No, we uh, hit on a little bit of Mark's fishing. Jumped we hit on some hunt, yeah. uh, a little bit of hunting talk. Jace rambled on for a little longer about something I can't, I can't remember, and then that was it. Now, wow. see, you have to remember this stuff, Jay. You're posting this podcast for me tonight. You got it. So yeah, you're, you're, re- you're running the board. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. You're going to be like, uh, I don't know what they talked about at first. Uh, Brian came on. He had a great interview, and then uh, I don't. we talked about that at last. The guy, the guest was good. Yeah, the guest <laughs> was good. That's all you gotta know. <laughs> it is weird coming in halfway through the show. You guys already had your groove going, your mojo was flowing. Now I look I was, at you. I was like, huh? Can't, they could do this without me. <laughs> Damn it, Chad. You know what? We even let was, you talk though, man. It was funny because after we got done finish, or we were fishing like the end of the day yesterday, Chris said something. It made me think of like how you and I. Because he's like, man, he goes, even though I haven't caught a fish yet, I haven't even seen one. He goes, it makes me want it more. It's like Sasquatch now. <laughs> That's just the thing. I was like, what? It took you, what, three years? Yes. And I was a year and a half. It, it takes time. And Usually. I, speaking There's of that, a learning curve to want to learn to throw a 12 weight and grind your sack off. Speaking of that, I thought about you guys first thing this morning, too, because we watched an Adam Sandler movie. I was like, guys are weird as hell. I was like, Ashley, normally I have at least two Adam Stanley references in by the time the sun's up. <laughs> and I, you know what? Uh, I, got, I did get a, you can do it, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Cut this fucking head off. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did we talk about fly tie night? Yeah, well, I mentioned it. They ran through what, what a uh, couple, what, what white, did you tie, white man? Deaths, white death. That's it, man. White death. <clears throat> what what hook did you put those on? Are, they, are you putting them on the big hook? Fours or? No, yeah, size four A-Rex. Just so streamer. Not the not the Trout Predator. But SP-10 or something. Just yeah. a streamer. Just a streamer hook. So they're nice hooks. They're small. They're that's sturdy. What I, that's what I got that fish on the other day. I tied that fly. That's what I've been uh, tying all the hybrid flies on, too. So I know they hold up. Oh, the Clausers are on those too. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, they're they're good 
good hooks. Good. Oh, they'll hold up. Yeah, they're definitely sturdy. And that's the first time I've sat down and tied like half a dozen flies of the same fly in a long time. I can't do that. It, my mind goes like berserk. Yeah, we, we all got a little bit accomplished, though. Do you know, the only thing that made me less berserk when I was doing it last year was I would change the color of the thread I was using just so I felt like I was switching something up a little bit. Just so need to do I was like doing red or colors. black or orange, and I keep flipping back and forth between red, black, and orange, red, black, and orange, and I almost wanted to see, was trying to see what would work best, or, and chartreuse, red. So I, and I think they all just got eaten the same, but go ahead. Um, next tie night is going to be, what, November 22nd? It's the week before the last Friday, because yeah. the last Friday is Black Friday. Yep. So yeah, I think it'll be November 22nd. Yeah, November's a real long one this year. Oh, yeah. A few weeks <coughs> in it. November you know. 22nd, is that what you said? Yeah. Yes, because that right? that's correct. Okay. It's a full calendar and that for will November. Be, yeah, because that's the, that'll be the Friday before Thanksgiving. Yes. Thanksgiving falls really late. Yeah, last Last week, 28th, and that's, what, Thursday there? Thursday, 28th. Yeah, Thanksgiving is on a Thursday this year, Jace. Oh, yeah, I'll be out there hunting (laughs) something, fishing. Hopefully, hopefully. That's that's the kind of stuff I like to do on Thanksgiving, man. Did you say November's a long one this year? It seems like it. it, It's got a lot of weeks in it. Every week is a full week. Yeah. It's got four full weeks. It seems like... like, It's still 30 days. Yes, it seems like... (laughs) Damn, thirty long days. You know, falling late, so it's gonna be. It, uh, it's gonna feel like it's longer to get through because I have a vacation right smack dab right after. Uh, you know, get the first two days of buck season off, so it's like an extra vacation in the no, middle of the. You get the second and third day of buck season off. Well, yeah. this year it'll be yeah. the second and third day. <laughs> you get the first one off too. Not, I will uh, be. Not hunting, but I am getting a hunting license. I went up there uh, before I went in my surgery. You know, we had an hour to kill, so my wife took me up there and chauffeured me around up to there. I was acting like a baby the whole day. I'm sure. Oh, I was being a whiny bitch, but... You? Yeah, yeah, me. (laughs) So, we go up there, and the same thing, you know, you go through and went through, like, uh, 600 cops, and, you know, and then went and... and Did you have a pocket full of shells when you walked in? Oh, no, I didn't. (laughs) I would have been, I would have annoyed it out of my head if I did, though. I'll tell you that, but there's many, like, security guards and everything that were there, like... Like, there were, like, three waiting and, like, taking all your stuff to put it through the thing. There was, like, three of them standing there with the wands. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, man. Like, maximum damn security. So, I went in there, and guess what? The computers were down. But, cool thing, I can just write all the information down. And you took tags. Sign the things and took and took the papers for the tags. And my wife can go back and get, do everything for me. Yes, so. she can. What, you already bought a hunting license? No, but I have all my information, my my IDs and stuff from last year. I can just write them on there, the lady said, and she can send them and get on my thing and do it all for me and blah, blah, the yada, yada, yada. I got a couple doe tags, and I'm not going to shoot a deer the first or even second <coughs> or third day, <coughs> but maybe, who knows, the weekend or a couple after. I'm definitely going to get into trying to shoot a doe at least. Doe aren't in the first Yeah, week. you can't shoot a doe till Saturday anyways. There you go. That's but, uh, first, first Saturday, I'll be I didn't know you could. Does. I didn't know you could purchase a Deer tag without getting a license. Yeah, they don't. They don't check shit. That's kind of odd. No, that's that's really well, odd. Well, see. I was getting a deer te- a deer license as well. Well, I mean, you were like your actual hunting license. Like, yeah, I was gonna get that there as well while I was there. Oh, did you? They didn't ask. So did they? 
they issue you like a your number. You got your number from prior. Oh, they could yeah. look nothing up like that. No, they, they uh, found no, it. No, the the computers were completely down statewide, so huh. they couldn't look up shit. No so they gave me the paperwork to do everything and said, "That's weird. Fill all this out. If you fill this number in from last year's tag, then we'll be able to get you everything, and your wife can do it for so you." So you you took your last year's tag. I with have you? it with me. Yeah, you I had, had it with, with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, they could just go off that because you, like you, the number you get is to you. It's like an yeah. identification number yeah. type. That's what she said. So, or you could just walk next door when you get off work, and buy a deer license. Yeah, and just my wife can go get the doe tags. Do the rest. Yeah. It's either way, but she can go do it all for me. It's so that was cool. I went up there and found out what the hell was going on. Yeah. So I'm yeah, going to shoot a doe this year, and somebody else is going to do everything else. Like normal. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Let me know, man. I will bring the, the big sled to throw it in, which makes it super easy. And then you could help the drag, because it ain't no... Because you're not no, going to touch the fur. You're not going to roll around in it. Oh, I'll drag it out. I'm, not, I'm just saying any of the first parts of the processing. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, I think if you just clear the not be around that because when you're cutting hair and hair's flying through the air yeah you're good you don't need to be around that nah so squirrels have been dropping at an epic rate lately you know I've killed one Pat Lombardo killed a couple we come or I walk out of my house today my cat killed one Got a red squirrel. Had to show you guys up. Little bitty red squirrel. Them are the hardest. Was it for sure a red squirrel or was it a pine squirrel? It was a red squirrel. Them are the ones that I used to call ground squirrels, but they're the little smaller than a regular squirrel. They're bigger than a chipmunk, but smaller than a gray squirrel. And they bark at you like insane. And they're the worst. Yeah, glad your cat got that. Kudos to your cat. Congrats. Oh, they do. They yell. I got a couple by my house. Dude, every every set that one lives by, oh, they chirp on me hard. And then they get up real close to you and they're like, I'm like, shaking their tail and shit. Move it. Move it along there, buddy. You just want to reach your gun out like, oh, definitely. I'm like, I'm about to shoot this $30 arrow right through you. Right in your soul. And they're so small. They're not, they're not really harvestable meat off of them. I don't, I don't think if you fired on one, unless you have a crossbow or it's super fast, I don't, I think it would dodge your shit. There's no doubt about it. He would matrix your fucking arrow. They're fast. He bought you like, they're fast. They'd see you, they'd see you touch your trigger, like your language, and they'd move, dude. They're, they're so quick. I need 12 gauge extra wide, like super full choke. I was going <laughs> to take the tail off of it and then bash its head in some more. No, and, and do it like we do our deer tails. But the uh, that long hair on it didn't start till about two-thirds of the way up the tail. You're talking about a, a real deal squirrel, though, right? No, this this little red squirrel. Oh, okay. And the hair didn't start till about two-thirds of the way up, and the tail was only like four inches long as it was. So I was like, I'm, yeah, not, I'm not messing with this. There ain't really much of it to the tips. End of their tail, huh? Yeah. Did you left leave him lay for the coons? No, I threw him in my garbage can. He sewed his tail Aww. back up. <laughs> <laughs> At least if you just let him lay out there, maybe a. Uh... No, because I have a dog that would get into it because he was getting into yeah, it. He was getting right. into it when it was in my dra- er, in my garage. Yeah. He was chewing sure. it apart. He he put that little tooth in and was kind of using it like a pry bar on the squirrel hide. Jesus, it's amazing. Awesome. Chad, Chad's eating the venison. We just chomped on some deer jerky. 
couple guys are harvesting some deer <laughs> here in the local. Did you just fall asleep? <laughs> and a couple of guys in my group, man. <laughs> you should give, give your computer How was your it? elbow. How was the jerky I made? <laughs> you just almost looked like the people's nope. elbow over here in your computer. Sorry about there that, There were two kinds there. The jerky was really good. Meat pretty good. It's all gone now? We ate some. Real good. Then we ate some steak last the other day. That's the meat. Deer meat's flowing. It's full. People are all, everybody's out hunting. My cousin, uncle, they've been tagging some deer over in PA. I ordered about 1,300 beads today. Craft store? Uh, what kind? Like Amazon. Tw- like 1,200? Yeah, Amazon. Like 1,200 or craft What beads. color? You get some 14 mil? I got all six mil. All six. <clears throat> My buddy okay, gave that. That's huge. Down from that. This that's is six mil. That's eight mil. My buddy gave me, like, some twos or fours that are made for, like, lure making or walleye rigs yeah. or something, dude. And there's, I got, like, a pearl yeah, descent. Like, like, they are, they're minute, but you know what would happen. Isn't eight. it the, wait. The higher the number. No. They're millimeters, Jason. <laughs> the higher the number, the bigger they are. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they're, like, two, they're not two millimeter, dude. They're two or four. They're tiny. They might, I think they might even be Where, three. How big are the sixes? They might be three. This is eight. Sixes, yeah, sixes are where it's at then. That's what I got. That's, I got sixes. Yeah. And I got one yeah. some smaller, Perfect. dude. They might work. I think they would work. What color did you get? I don't know. I got like 1,400 of them, so there's a shitload of colors. Now now um, you have half as many beads as I do. Uh, a lot of them are like iridescent, swirly colors. Like, so they're... Oh, okay. Fused, like... Yeah. Gotcha. And then um, I actually ordered some Trout Beak brand, so they're... Uh, that's the brand, dude. Trumpy I don't know. I colors. use that. I use that. That their brand, not. Are they only, chartreuse over chartreuse? There Double. are some chartreuse over chartreuse. Double chartreuse. They need to be chartreuse over top of some more chartreuse, and then a white death right below that. Yellow, bro. Throw the yellow. Yellow works good too. It. Yeah, yellow. Yeah. I. Like I said, I got the multi-pack. You know, you got orange even, but you got orange. And orange, it's is, like orange is for steelhead. steelhead. <laughs> Immediately for yellow, steelhead. Yellow will yeah. catch a lake trout every time, man. Oh, yeah. And then maybe a steelhead. Maybe. Every once and again. Maybe. Or or a brownie. Uh, you like that chartreuse speed as well. There's a lot of colors. I, I don't know. I think everybody needs to build their own self up on some colors, because what do you do when you don't bite your colors? Well, the bee bite's always on. You need to find confidence in some other colors i threw a pink with like a pink blood dot it was like a pink with a purple blood dot or something i don't know modeled maybe bead a bead i wouldn't throw a brand These are what you I know got. i smacked one the other day on that oh you bought there you go blue chad's got it all man what are you gonna do with those i'm gonna catch fucking fish hell yeah you can use some for in between your flies too some of the blue ones and clear Tw- ones there's 24 colors 14 and a hu- or 1440 pieces. I threw a, like a almost like a white pearlish. It was like weird. It almost looked like a marble. Remember how marbles you could almost see in? Yeah. So it was like clearish white, like a cream. I threw that the other day. And I don't even think it was a trout bead, like a craft bead, but nothing. Chad like used that. to be about that steelheading life. Oh, dude. His, I got... his nickname and everything is Steelhound. Dude. That's my handle. Me and, <laughs> me and him. I remember There's me and him going him. up there. There's a picture of him. Steelheading right behind us. Yeah, but I re- I got the pictures of this guy in, yeah, you do. in in rubber hip waders, fanny pack, Dale Earnhardt <laughs> jacket. No, I don't know if that's that might be overstatement, but <laughs> we'll run with it. The intimidator. Yeah, he, he, driving, racing the S10 to the spot. 
Yeah, no, we we went sometimes. Man, were you there the day we were sideways? Ago. No, Kevin Parrish was. Oh man, I'm I I about watched him die for sure because I was in the middle <laughs> of a, a three seater, running up Route Seven. My my old S10 only had two wheel drive. Hit a patch of black ice and just did a big slow 180. Like we're we're going 65 miles an hour, <laughs> and, and but kept going, but we were right? Spinning slow, going forward the whole time. And then when we got forward, we hit pavement. I just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> we were, I had the same flinch. thing happened coming off the Meadville exit at 79. Yeah, and I hit a pothole, and it just car did a couple like two 360s, and just kept right on going right up the interstate. There, like where I did it, it was a big field. With one giant oak huge tree. tree, dude. We're looking at this giant tree. Kevin and I are like, "Oh my god, we're gonna hit this tree!" And he just somehow we just kept going. <laughs> I went back to sleep after that. I wish I remembered if we caught fish that day. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that was one of those days. They're all they were all one of those days back in the day. If you if you caught four or five fish, you were like, "Eh, was it even worth waking up and coming?" I know. If you didn't put in like fifteen or so. Thing is, though, you got to look at the places we were doing them in, which they're, I wouldn't say shooting fish in a barrel, but they're pretty confined. We, <laughs> we're, we're, we definitely got, we definitely got down to how to hit them on the nose. You know what I mean? And then read the current a little bit, blah, blah, blah. Graduate to some bigger water. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go back there. Some sweet areas. It's guess nostalgic to me to fish maybe some small tribs, but I don't find. I, don't, I can't say I don't find that fun. I just don't find it. There's there's no bragging to, you know, fish in a ditch. Get out there. Get on some bigger water, I think. For me, even if I get beat, so be it, you know. Uh, I I don't know. That That's too little for me. See, I still like doing that stuff, but I don't know. I, I do enjoy the bigger rivers better where you can lay, get, out, lay get, out a cast. Get and skunked and have a reason for it. Well, I looked at them for eight hours today. No, I ain't into that. Rather not look at them. Yeah, now there. That's shoot. between between some of the like hundreds and hundreds of steel that we caught. They probably all came out of like two or three holes, a big chunk of them. You know what I mean? We had some favorite spots that we used to fish. Well, that and you know, you, well, you had a nice mile or so of creek. You could definitely walk up there, and if it was low, you could pick them out of spots and oh, they were all make over. your way and find little bitty seams that everyone else was just walking past. You know. Yeah, there were fish there. Big fish in little streams. No, ev- place, every hole held them. Only place I've ever caught a steelhead, steelhead by hand. <laughs> oh, okay. I caught a steelhead by hand there one time. Oh yeah, caught her running up a running up a nice slow riffle on a low day. It's like, oh dude, I'm gonna catch this one by hand, Kev. I know I will. I can do it, dude. I can do it. It's it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. You gotta really like. Like a goddamn grizzly bear. You gotta really like get a hold of the tail, and once, as soon as you get the tail out, you're good, because then you can get up underneath her. And it, once you get up, because the tail is all the power. And we had her like backed into a spot. She was ready. You're better than you're better than a grizzly bear, Jay. Give a grizzly bear a spleef and see if it can catch any steelhead <laughs> by hand. <laughs> it's gonna be sitting on the bank. <laughs> I wanted to eat the steelhead, but not not do anything about it. That's about as far as he got. <laughs> Yeah. So, do we have anything else that we we need to hit on? Just uh, get out there, have some fun. Try to get your kids out if you you can before it gets too cold, and they gotta complain about it. Maybe they'll find some fun on the on the tribs or something. There's plenty of steelhead to catch, or or they can throw rocks behind you and 
that's what got us addicted was early getting to be out there when it wasn't too god awful and you know catching mm. those fish you know because you're getting hooked something that's catching some set, screamers yeah that runs hard you know <laughs> and it's a fun time especially for kids because they're not impossible to catch oh no a power bait and night crawler you're in the money like i said i seen a dude catch a stomper the other day on a night crawler i was like kind of kind of felt upset i couldn't get one on all the hundreds of dollars of gear i had sitting there <laughs> he, blew, he blew up a night crawler and a no a he had on. it on a bobber laying right. in the lake and that's that that was like up oh, that was uh that made me want to get up and try i'm like i'm gonna shoe him for one now nope <laughs> that guy he was solid he knew what he was doing <laughs> yeah but and we got halloween everybody have fun send you post some dumb pictures I'm sure these guys will be out there with some masks on trying to catch muskies or some shit or something crazy like that. That may happen. Who knows? I sure should hope Jason, there was a picture of Jason with the cat mask or was that story? You yeah, put that on the story? That wasn't me. That was someone with a cat mask on. Anyway. That was a cat. It <laughs> <laughs> was a big black cat. It was with, a feline. <laughs> with a smoky head. <laughs> he was vaping. Heavily. Uh... Out next, of his eyes. Next week, we have Mark Hieronymus, an Alaska fly fishing guide, come calling in. That should we be a good show. Talk more about bears. More about bears. More about big trout. He does a lot of uh, saltwater fishing also. Cool. So we get to hear a little bit of a mixing it up talk. Well, we got all kind of people to, you know, say to maybe stop at Mad River. Check those guys out. That's MadRiver.com, right? MadRiverOutfitters.com, MadRiverOutfitters.com. Find everything on his website, he said. Uh, stop in the shop if you're on your way up steelhead fishing. They got the knowledge and the gear to do it. Like Get a hold of said, that uh, guy. Stop by MadRiver.com, and you can check out all the uh, stuff that they have. Like yeah, They have like a lot of tutorials on how-tos and everything else. But uh, uh, also, Hells to the app. Also brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. You know, go check out Predator Fly Gear. Like we said, they had a new line of some women's stuff that just came out. It's pretty pretty sweet. Those belts came out not too long ago. Those are pretty hot. So check them out, PredatorFlyGear.com. Sims Fishing, check out that new uh, G4 line. They won 10 awards at the FDD. So oh, dude, good stuff. Dude, I got the zipper, like the zip-on pouch. That's, you could use your phone. It's waterproof. It's dope. <laughs> Didn't know it existed. I'm like... Oh, that's a Sims logo. What's that? What's that on clearance at Gander? Let me root through this cart. Somebody tried to hide this under there. I found it. It's pretty pretty awesome product. You could use your you could take pictures and everything right through it. So it detaches. You could hang it somewhere. Thanks again, Sims. Yeah, yeah, man. Hey, while we're doing a little fly shop plug-in, uh, last week's guest, Rich Farino. Check out District Angling at districtangling.com. Check out our boy Ellis. At rivertacticalflies.com and check out some Arex hooks. Also, urbanflycompany.com. And for anybody looking to get steelhead fishing in western New York, check out one of our homies at Queen City Guiding, Ryan Evans. He's a fun time. Yeti, go for the wild. Why not fishing? Check out the after dark. Yeah, boys. Urban Fly Company. Check out Mark. Get your musky flies while it's still musky season. And I know he's got a bunch of other stuff on there with the Maulsdorf genetic hackles and plenty of other things. And if you need something special, he said, 
Just hit him up and explain. Send me a message or an email.